From Snakes and Lattes, Toronto's premier board game cafe, this is The Snakes Cast, a weekly podcast where the game gurus of Snakes and Lattes discuss what it is about games that make them worth playing. With your host, Jonathan Moriarty. Welcome to The Snakes Cast, and welcome to week one of 20th Century Classics Month. For the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about really popular and iconic designs from the 20th century. And with the benefit of a little bit of hindsight and some game guru knowledge, we'll see if history has anything to say in terms of the judgment of these games. Should be fun. Joining me for the inaugural episode of this Odyssey are Nicole Hoy. Hello. And Steve Tassie. Howdy. And today we are going to talk about one of the most beloved and most maligned games of all time. No! <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Uh, in 1923, Elizabeth Maggie Phillips created a game called The Landlord's Game. This was designed as an educational game to teach children the evils of capitalism and how it is that when one person owns all the land that everybody else has to rent it, it is uh, detrimental to everybody's quality of life. Well, there was a little company called Parker Brothers that was also around at the time, and a gentleman named Charles, Charles Darrow saw this and said, you know, this is okay, we could do, some, uh, we could do something with this, but it's going to need some reworkings. And in 1935, Monopoly was published, and the rest is history. Uh, it's easily one of the most popular, uh, certainly the most iconic board game of all time. And uh, you know, people love this game. Millions of people all over the world buy and play Monopoly. You know, Steve, Nicole, you guys love games. You must be huge fans of Monopoly, right? Uh, monotony, you mean? <laughs> Well, okay, folks, you may be a little bit surprised to hear about this, but um, a lot of us at Snakes and Lattes, and indeed a lot of uh, you know, more uh, hobbyist game player types, have um, <clears throat> some less than charitable things to Hatred. say. Hatred! And, you know, we're not here to tell you that you're you know, a bad person for liking Monopoly or something, but it's, it's just it's very surprising for a lot of people to find out and to hear the criticisms uh, of this game. We're not here to tell you that, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so why is Monopoly so disliked by people who are into games? Well, uh, if I could take this one, um, I think that uh, Monopoly is to our kind of games as uh, McDonald's is to five-star restaurants. Uh, it's popular. It's available. It's comfortable. Everybody knows it. It's cheap. It's cheap. But most of the time, if you've had five-star meals in your life, most of the time people don't want to go back to McDonald's. And those few times that they do, they kind of regret it. <laughs> they wish they hadn't. Uh, so that's sort of my take on it. I sort of see that sometimes at, uh, at the cafe as well. Uh, people uh, coming in to play something, they bust out a copy of Monopoly because they know how to play it. They haven't played it in 10 years. Uh -huh. And Nobody knows the rules. They play and... it, and you know, an hour in, they're wondering why they're still playing it. Yeah. Okay, so setting aside the commercial aspects of the game, the cultural sort of aspects, from strictly from a game design standpoint, from what's actually inside the box, uh, Nicole, what do you think are some of the uh, the uh, the issues with Monopoly as a game design? Uh, I just the time that it takes to play for me is the really big one. Like you look at that game, and you think. Well, it shouldn't take that long. Like, it's a rolling and moving game. It's very self-contained. How long do your games of Monopoly uh, tend to go in uh, going back to childhood? How going back to childhood, like, I remember playing it with family to a point where we would have to break for a meal and, like, kind of <laughs> push it aside and then come back to it. This is not, like, it's not a game that you can kind of knock out in, in 45 minutes before dinner. Were they really thing. long for you too, Steve? 
Uh, they were, they were, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm about to say something in defense of Monopoly. <laughs> uh, I think the main reason that people's games go on and on and on and on and on is that people for decades now have been playing with what's actually a house rule that the free parking, oh, the free, free parking, parking, the money yeah. on free parking. That is, that's not in the rule book. Go take a look at your rule book, people. And unless you have a really, really recent version of Monopoly where they've included the free parking rule as an optional rule, there is nothing about free parking in the rules to Monopoly. There's no money. You just, it's a safe place to go. It's yeah. a free spot. By the actual rules, when you land on luxury tax or income tax or have to pay cards because of chance of community chest, that money's supposed to go to the bank. And there's a reason for that. It removes currency from circulation and it makes the game tighter. It means that you have to watch your cash and it brings you closer to bankruptcy. Uh, as soon as you uh, start flooding the game with more and more currency, that's what causes the game time to balloon out to four, five, six hours. It's just crazy. There's, there's no way that a, a game like that with its theme and its structure should, should take that long. And I think that's why I tend to gravitate toward other games that are as interesting to play as far as player interaction and theme and things like that, but I know it's not gonna take me hours and hours and hours. Well, one of the things as well about uh, a, a, another house rule that a lot of the people play with and they don't realize, most people, when they're playing Monopoly, they land on an unowned property. If they don't purchase it, they just move on. Exactly, it turns over. By the actual rules, if you land on a property and you don't pay list price for it, that property is immediately auctioned off to the highest bidder. Mine that, for a dollar if I oh, want Oh, wow. It. That auction yes. rule immediately changes the nature of the game. It well, introduces interaction. It, up so much. it really speeds it up, not only because the fact that properties get, up get bought up faster, but also because the monopolies tend to form more quickly. Uh, if somebody who's already got the two light blue properties is definitely going to bid a lot higher than the other players right. to get the third light blue property which means that they are gonna start developing their properties faster, those houses and hotels are gonna go up and people are gonna start getting bankrupt. Mm. You can knock Monopoly out in 90 minutes if you actually uh, play it by the play rules. By the rules, by the yeah. rules <laughs> um, and at, and at that, that's actually fairly much par for the course for even modern European style games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's, the thing is, who plays it that way? I've never met anyone in my life <laughs> who's actually played Monopoly by those rules as we've talked about them and today. And that's a game guru talking, ladies and gentlemen. And, and that's why the game takes forever, and I think that's why the game is so hated. I haven't played it since I was probably 12. Uh, probably the same for me. I'm a lot more than 12 now. Uh, and I've never played by the actual rules of the game. I'm tempted, every once in a while, I'm tempted to, <laughs> to sit down and actually play a game of Monopoly as the rules are written. But I don't. I never have, and the reason is baggage, really. The reason is that I remember what Monopoly was the way we used to play it and the way everybody out there plays it, and I just think, it's not going to be worth it, even yeah. even for the experiment of trying it as it's supposed to be. It's interesting, the it's same factor the, uh, that, uh, that attracts people back to the game, the nostalgia, the fact that they, they have fond memories of it from mm -hmm. childhood, uh, is, is what keeps others away from playing it. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it, my last time playing Monopoly, I was in my mid-twenties, and uh, it was a big group, there were like eight of us. And we actually played, by the rules as written, mostly. <laughs> uh, there were some additional bits added in. We started uh, adding house rules for joint ownership of properties. 
for the ability to uh, make deals about not charging rent for X number of turns. <laughs> and that turned into one of the most vicious, <laughs> hilarious negotiation games I have ever played. Did anyone sign a prenup over the properties? <laughs> Probably should have. Um, but and what, what happens, another thing that happened in that game, uh, I actually was able to eliminate somebody. I bought up uh, the property, the orange ones that are just outside of jail, which is mm -hmm. what the hardcore monopoly nerds will always try to do because that's the one you land on the most often and it's cheap to develop there. <laughs> and you can bankrupt people faster there. Um, I was actually playing it like a gamer. And I, I, I managed to bankrupt somebody, they landed there. And uh, so I, t I, I took all their properties and stuff. But actually, no, what happened at that point was that just before they paid me their rent, they gave away all of their things to other players. <laughs> so that I ended up getting nothing. And to add insult to injury, another player then said, okay, so now that you have no money, now that you've paid the rent, here's a couple of my properties. It's, no, I just bankrupted them. I own them. You can't do that. And so I ended up talking like Mitt Romney. Um, but it's, it's, and yet, if they were out of the game, if they were bankrupt, should the other players not have been able to give them? Not buy them back. They're out of the game. That was my argument. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it, not listened to. Once you've knocked <laughs> over your king in a game of chess, someone else can't come along and say, oh, hey, look, your king had a son. Here's a new king. But again, that's the thing. The, the, the secret to Monopoly's longevity, in my opinion, is these house rules. The fact that people make this game their own. They make modifications to it. So it's not just something that they bought in a store. It's something that they sort of helped to create. And uh, that also, that sense of ownership, this is my game. Is, uh, is what lends to this, uh, this, this sense of, uh, of attachment to this game and the enjoyment, the genuine enjoyment that people get from playing it. It's, it's something that's theirs. Um, I think the, uh, the last thing about Monopoly that really kind of tends to be a thorn in the side of us more hardcore game players is the fact that it creates a public perception of what games are. Um, that uh, when you know uh, when when you see people playing games, oh, is this like Monopoly? <laughs> it, it's one of those things, and, and it's, thank it's, God, no. <laughs> it's, it's completely innocuous, you know. It's it's something that's uh, you know nobody intends to annoy us or be mean yeah. to us or, uh, or or to upset us when they ask if the game is like Monopoly. And in a way, it's uh, okay, Steve. I have to get on the same page with you with defending Monopoly, or at least defend, defending people who like Monopoly because this is their experience with games. And in a lot of cases, this is something that they've really enjoyed. Uh, we, we talk a lot sometimes about gateway games, games that we can use to introduce people mm. to the hobby, stuff like Ticket to Ride or Carcassonne. No game has been more of a gateway game for people, as far as I can tell, than Monopoly. True, but at the same time, I suspect that it's also been a locked gate for a lot of people. Oh, but then they, not going to want to explore the further. And haven't yeah. had uh, a good enough experience with it. I won't say they had a bad experience, but they won't have had an experience that was so good and so transformative that they've decided to go through that gate and into the wider world of what are the other games that are out there. Uh, it's just been, well, here's, here's a thing, and, and we can play it, and I know it. Uh, and it hasn't inspired them to move beyond that. Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the other thing is that the downtime that you mentioned earlier, Nicole, um, also creates uh, uh, it, it creates a, an atmosphere at the table which is conducive to talking about other things. Yeah. You know, chit chat. And for some people, that's actually what they wanted of a game. I mean, how often have you guys had a request from a group of two players who want something that's not going to get in the way of the conversation? Yeah. yeah, all the time. That's the thing. I mean, when it's not your turn, it's going to be the other person's turn. And if what they're doing doesn't affect you, 
then uh, you know, how much of the game is it? Also, it's, it's, you know, they have to pay attention or you have to pay attention. You need sort of a game that's going to play itself. And this is something that Monopoly can do. It can bring families and friends together to a table uh, to just spend a few hours. And the game itself is uh, you know, just a sideline. Are there any modern games you guys can think of that can, that can really do that? Uh, not necessarily that would be really like uh, Monopoly, but no, I not feel... Not necessarily in terms of how they play, but yeah. in terms of uh, the, that, that sort of sensation around the table that create, where you can where you can be free to, to sort of pay attention to other things. I almost feel like, hey, that's my fish can do that. <laughs> um, I know everybody's kind of needing to pay attention to where they are and things like that, but it's, it's so lighthearted and it moves so quickly almost that you can get chatty while people are like jumping off bits of ice to other bits of ice. People can do it with Monopoly because they already know the rules and mm -hmm. they know what's going on. So that when they see you roll some dice, they don't have to spend a lot of brain power to make sure that you're moving the right number of spaces. So I think any game that, if I can teach it to you in two minutes or less and you can know the mechanics of the game, any game can do that same. We, we don't have to give a whole lot of brain power to it so we can talk while we're playing. Games like Quarto, mm -hmm. uh, games like Nowhere to Go, Hey That's My Fish. Oh, Hive. Uh, Hive is yeah. another one, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, because even in a lot of cases, the games that have the simplest rules can be the most challenging to Absolutely. play. It takes like chess or Go. That's something you really have to pay attention to. Um, the line I use at the cafe about <laughs> games like that is, the game is not the challenge. The opponent is the challenge. Right. The, the game will be as hard to play as your opponent is clever. And it's hard to have a conversation with an opponent when you're playing with them. It's easy to do it when you're playing the game, Absolutely. especially if the mechanics are clear. But uh, if fortunately at Snakes, we actually can cater to all these different tastes. We've, yeah. we've got so many different titles. It's easy for us to bring out something. And it's nice to be able to say, well, if you've liked Monopoly as a kid, or even if you've played it right now, then try, you can I'm try this, this and this. Like, it's a nice way to open up that gateway that may have been locked, like you said, to people. It's true. Yeah, there, there, there are a lot of different things in Monopoly. The trading, the negotiating, uh, the rolling and moving, the it's getting present. rich. It's present in so many other games it that really are they're really great. And despite the terrible things we say about it, modern game design does actually owe a great debt to Monopoly. Uh, and uh, even if we don't want to respect it, we should. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Stephen Tassie and Nicole Hoy. Game on. Thanks. And thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakes cast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime, you can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.